Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Funeral Nation, episode 247. That's my guy, Jeff, the Funeral Commander Harbison. I'm Ryan Thogmartin. We're like three weeks out from the ICCFA convention. Life is back to full speed, uh, and uh, the death care wheels are, are still turning. Yes, they are. They're moving quite quickly, actually, and that's something we want to highlight and preview for next week for 248 is we'll have Tom Anderson to give us some results from public companies and their earnings to see how the death sector is doing. Um, however, speaking of doing well and knocking it out, CNJ Financial, uh, we're just having a banner year. Once again, our clients are happy. Uh, the folks who are not our cl clients are actually happy because they're coming over to us. That's so we're excited. Our whole team out there is doing a great job. Uh, but anyway, let's go ahead and run that promo because if your funeral isn't paid for, it isn't over yet. We may be the largest insurance assignment company in the funeral profession, but that doesn't mean we've lost touch with our roots. Here in Rainbow City, Alabama, our priorities still come down to a welcoming smile and a handshake that says we keep our promises. With all the tools and technologies that assure blazing fast turnaround, what really matters is much more old school. Personal responsibility, integrity, relationships, and the pride that comes from hearing yet another client say, you came through for us when it mattered. CNJ eliminates the challenges that funeral homes have in processing insurance death claims. If cash flow is vital to your business, welcome home. Okay, Ryan, so uh, there's, there's really not a ton of news, but we have some things that need to be discussed. Number one, um, you did a survey not long ago, and there's a few excerpts from that, but what's the biggest issue, and you and I have talked about this all along, the biggest issue in our business is? Staffing and recruiting, like retaining talent recruiting talent um over 45 percent of respondents uh to our connectingdirectors.com 2022 survey cited recruiting and retaining talent as the number one problem that they have in their business and this is like this is a nationwide issue um i mean we're reaching 212 different countries through that publication. So, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. And I know you experience it in conversations as you guys serve a nationwide audience. Uh, so do we through disrupt and that, that retaining talent and recruiting is followed by compassion fatigue and just general overall mental health as a problem as well, which is why, Disrupt does a lot of life coaching and I do a lot of life coaching and, and team trainings on motivation and, and fulfillment and all those things. So, you know, we started this conversation a few months ago and we know that there are multiple states that have put together task force, task force, can't say which states they are, to look le legitimately at the requirements to to be a funeral professional and what is that entailing and are we keeping out we know why the rules exist but we don't have the second kind of uh second career people coming into the profession because we we've, we've blocked them out by the requirements that is a a true statement and as you and I've chatted before we've got multi levels of uh, personalities, talents, gifts, and they're not all wrapped up into funeral director embalmer, you know, mm -hmm. and 
I'm just telling you the future and bombings are going down. That craft is going, I'm not saying away, but its significance is declining. Okay. So therefore that craft is, uh, is narrowing. And then the states that say you must be an embalmer and you must be a funeral director in order to operate here. uh, They're going to find that they are the ones that are going to suffer primarily. Then you have the other states that have these ridiculous internship regulations. You know, folks, uh, we're doing it to ourselves. You know, we're one of the few, (laughs) I had this quote from a friend of mine, we're one of the few industries that circles the wagons and we shoot inward, right? Mm -hmm. We just, we kill ourselves. And so some of this old school thought of protectionism, you know, we'll keep so-and-so out and blah. Hey, you know what? It's it's hurting you too now. How's it feel? Okay. That's right. So uh, that's something we need to get over. Um, speaking of not getting over is our friends at Anthem are knocking it out uh, just very quietly. Uh, they are acquiring new properties. They're going into a significant force on the acquisition and operating market out here. What's your thoughts? No, they are. And uh, we know the people at the top of Anthem and they're, they're good people and they're, they're doing it right. Their approach is, is different um, than most. And they are having a tremendous amount of success and they're, they're acquiring good, solid businesses, um, which, you know, look, folks, um, the acquisition market, we, I don't know. I think the theme of the Funeral Nation show for seven years has been acquisitions, but we're seeing it now where we were talking about acquisitions on more of the vendor side where we've seen a lot of that, but now it's, it's, it's even picked up more on the traditional family-owned funeral home, uh, more regional consolidators. And I wouldn't consider Anthem regional anymore. I mean, they yeah. have gone on an acquisition spree at the end of last year and into this year, it hasn't slowed down. And I know they've got more on the, on the docket. So um, kudos to good look, kudos to them and kudos to the businesses recognizing the opportunity for legacy to exit now. Yeah. Yeah. Put the money in the bank and uh, make that a legacy. <laughs> right? That's because, right. Uh, this business is changing. And what, what I find fascinating are the people who are successful in their acquisitions are making significant changes to positive ways of doing business. Yeah. Yeah. They're not just buying and keeping, you know, grandma and grandpa out front, you know, they're, they're moving on, putting in technology, doing the things you need to. Speaking of technology, um, legacy.com. We've got a message from those guys that's educational. Let's go ahead and roll that. Happy New Year 2022. I'm Stouffer Bartle, founder and CEO of legacy.com. People will ask what inspired me to start legacy in the first place. And I always enjoy sharing the story of the funeral directors in particular because of their special relationship with legacy's early days. It was the year 1998. There was one way people announced someone's death and it was in the print pages of the local newspaper. Nearly everyone who died was remembered with a newspaper obituary or death notice. Most newspapers would also select a couple people each day for whom they'd set aside extra space to write a lengthier, richer obituary detail in their life story. Funeral directors would help families submit obituaries to newspapers much like today, but most families felt that their loved one deserved that longer story in print, and it was the funeral director's job to let them know there wasn't room in the paper for everyone to get that featured obit written by the newspaper. So we had an idea. If this thing called the internet could help people publish job listings, personal ads, or even pornography, why couldn't it give everyone the chance to have an obituary worthy of their life? 
why couldn't my grandfather, an immigrant farmer in the upper peninsula of Michigan, who lived an incredible life of 100 years, mostly in obscurity, have the same kind of obituary as these so-called noteworthy people in the newspaper pages. So we at Legacy had a plan and it included funeral directors. In 1999, we set up a booth in Kansas City at our first NFDA show. And that year we made literally hundreds of in-person visits to funeral homes across Chicagoland and the country, promoting our online obituary program to funeral directors in hopes that they would offer it as an option to their families. Funeral directors, for the most part, are some of the kindest souls I've met. I've learned this both by observing what they do for the families they serve, but also in how nicely they treated us. They welcomed hearing our pitch, even though we might as well have been aliens from outer space, because in 1999, most funeral directors weren't really online yet. And the last thing they were going to do is try to explain this internet obituary thing to families, some of whom uh, weren't online either. So legacy was too early. Worse yet, we weren't smart enough to realize this for about two years, and we nearly went bankrupt. As luck would have it, though, a local newspaper heard we were trying to do what we were trying to do, and they asked if we could help them bring their print obituaries to life by bringing them online. And of course, the rest is history. Soon we were powering online obituary sections for newspapers nationwide. But even while working with newspapers, we had the interests of local funeral directors in mind. And to this day, we regularly encourage our newspaper partners to more effectively embrace the needs of all funeral service professionals you know, with varying degrees of success. In 2021, however, our story went full circle and we began offering more services directly to funeral homes, including, yes, opportunities to help the life stories of the families they serve be told in full and reach more people than ever. This year, we'll be introducing even more ways that funeral directors can leverage Legacy's enormous reach to help their families tell the stories of their loved ones, while also helping people everywhere know more about the local funeral home that served that family. At Legacy, we hope this happens in a 2022 that has finally begun to heal from the many challenges of the last couple of years. Thanks for listening. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Jeff, I mean, this is a... I think we've said this more over the last three, four months than we ever have, that it's a good time to be in the death care space. Um, there's a lot of change that's happening. Things are moving fast, faster, um, and more technology coming into the space, more change coming, um, and funeral homes more receptive uh, to, to new ideas. Let's put it that way. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're implementing change super quick, but the conversation is there. Right. Well, yeah, some of the behaviors haven't changed at all. The only way to force behaviors have something happening and you recognize and either realize an error or see the need to make that change. So those are coming along. Speaking of uh, metals, <laughs> Right. Yeah. We've got our refining group. That's right. That was a great transition in there. Drew and his textbook. Team. Yeah, let's just let's just roll those folks because I love these guys. Let's roll it. Hey everyone, my name is Melissa Polis and this is Drew Osberg. Hey guys. And we're with PMRS. We are thrilled to be on Funeral Nation with you today, sharing our knowledge that we've gained from visiting different funeral homes and crematories across the nation. Today we're talking about transparency with families around metal recycling. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting topic always. We always have great conversations with lots of owners uh, and funeral directors, mainly from locations that are adding new crematories to their sites. 
the topic always seems to come up, you know, what is the conversation that I should have with a family um, when they ask me about uh, metals that are coming out of uh, the deceased during the uh, cremation process? Uh, the reality is, is inside your cremation authorization forms, there's already clauses in there that kind of explain that the metals are becoming property of the crematory uh, after the cremation process happens. Um, but on the flip side of the coin, uh, the more human element of uh, the, the conversation is really that you should be equipping your funeral directors and preparing them to have these conversations. They don't happen often, but they do happen. Uh, and when they happen, it's, it's really giving them the confidence to speak to a family on that. Um, what we found along the way is that different crematories across the country, uh, they like to share the charities that they are donating to, um, you know, the proceeds to. So it, it, I think it's a great way to do it, but we really encourage you guys to speak to your peers inside of your community that are also cremating um, for funeral homes around the area and see how they handle it. Um, because there's nothing better to, to, to share than to share that you're donating uh, to charity and to be transparent with the families that you're serving. And that's what matters. Yeah. Thank you so much to Funeral Nation for having us. And until next time, cheers. Cheers. You know, it's cool hanging with Drew and Melissa and really talking about what they do. Um, they're solving a lot of issues for funeral homes in terms of the metal refining where funeral homes are doing great things with actually having a program in place. And that's what I love about Drew and Melissa. It's about the data, right? It's getting back the metals and go, okay, here's money. How can we help you invest this? Where can we put it? Charities that are being started and served. So uh, really love what, what, what they're doing and just good people, man. Just good. Well, it is. And I shared with you, I had the opportunity to see it for real. It's just, it's not just uh, cleaning out the retort and finding the metals, putting it over here and sending it off. They are a true resource for a funeral home and yeah. crematory. And to me, the mind boggles, uh, Hey, a, if you're not doing it, you need to reach out to them. B, if you are with someone else, give them a try and see what they do different. Yep. Right? I mean, what's it going to hurt you to give it a shot there? Love it. That's it. Well, Ryan, uh, we are both pressed again. Now, you and I will be together uh, literally uh, two weeks from now. We'll be in, yes. in Scottsdale over there, uh, really right across the street from your house, playing golf at the suppliers tournament. So we'll try to do some live stuff there. Yes, put on by Live Oak Bank and our friends at Foresight Companies. And that's always a lot of fun to get together. It is. It is. It's the, my favorite part of this profession is, is the networking. And this is a cool one because it's different than anything else we do because it's supplier driven. It's all suppliers. And it's really, there's a lot of great partnerships that come from three days of golf, uh, believe it or not. So it's good stuff. Yeah. And, you know, sooner or later, we're going to make some suggestions that'll have to stick because by the way, we're the ones that spend all the money to go to these things. So uh, right. maybe, maybe that'll be my dying cause. Hey, we finally did it, but he's dead. But anyway, well, brother, thank you. Uh, once again, great show. Uh, Y'all tune in on two forty-eight because yep. we'll have Tom Anderson here. If you really want to know what's going on the business, quit speculating. This guy has the numbers. That's right. Awesome. Well, commander, until next time, have a great effing week. Out here.